force. It's an emotion, it's a reality, it's a dream, it's a goal. Maybe sometimes it's a prayer, but for every single one of us, hope is a choice. Hope is not like anything other. It's, it is truly unique. It's the very thing that we all need, and yet at the same time, need to be. Hope is something that you will pray for but all the while, when you're crouched on your knees, something that you really are. It's a paradox of needing and becoming. This is, is hope. 
It's why all the more I'm convinced that hope happens by scientific formula. A heart, H, that is filled, presented with genuine O, opportunity, then aligned with plans, heaven's plans, or a higher purpose, and then E, executed into reality, hope is then born. But yet hope, hope was born. And this is what we celebrate, hope. It's even why we give gifts, because hope was the gift that was given to us this first Christmas celebration. It's this idea that hope was given, and yet hope is less like an idea and more like art. Because, well, it dusts off our souls from the dirt of living. It cleans off our shoes from our daily walking. And hope defies natural birth. It has no origins here on earth. It cannot be fully explained. It is, was, and forever will be just simply hope. So in my best guess, hope is this mosaic of the reality in the super reality colliding here in the natural. To you, to me, within you, within me. So let this smash, let hope collide in you. Welcome to Painting Hope. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. We are so glad that you are here joining us this morning. Let us stand together and let us sing to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to
holy night. Song always takes me back. I, I remember listening to that when I was in third grade, sitting in the second row of the balcony of my small village church in suburban Chicago. And we always knew that it was officially Christmas Eve when our storied soloist Cindy Winkler wrapped up the glorious strains of that song. Once, once all the holy night was over, it was go time. It was officially Christmas. And it kind of brings me back to some other memories that I had. My, my mom was a Christmas baker extraordinaire. Like, I, I can instantly close my eyes and go back to my parents' kitchen in the days leading up to Christmas, and there would just be this whirlwind of sugar and flour and energy and anticipation. And my mom would make these Christmas caramels that, that we as like little elves, there were six of us kids, would wrap them in wax paper and ship them off to friends and neighbors by the dozens. She'd make these intricate Christmas coffee cakes that had these like braids of dough and these kind of candy cherries that went on top. And then there were always the Christmas cookies, and we got brought in at the last minute to help do those. There were the official ones that got shipped out to, to friends, and then there were the ones that we got to eat. And I, I remember slathering festive frosting and sparkly sprinkles on those, and we'd always reserve a couple and put them on a special plate next to a mug of eggnog next to the Christmas tree in hopes that some mysterious visitor would consume them over the night. So a couple days ago, my wife Kelly and I decided to fire up our mixer and do this tradition with our kids. And the first couple batches of cookies went just great. But I don't know if the, the quality diminished when we got to the, the bottom of the batch of dough. But in one of the later batches, I was taking a, a snowman-shaped cookie off of the baking sheet and trying to gently move it with the spatula over onto the cooling tray. And in the act of doing that, this snowman's head just popped clean off. I was like, well, that's not what I wanted to happen at all. And so I was a little bit more careful with the next few, and they went, they went great. But then sure enough, I got to a gingerbread man, and in that transfer, he didn't just lose his head, he lost his arm as well. And there's this very gentle reminder that sometimes Christmas, like life, doesn't always go exactly as we had planned. I heard a story on the radio this week that the Hershey's Chocolate Company has been getting an increased number of complaints at their customer service line. Apparently, people are upset that when they're opening their Hershey's Kisses, they're finding that the, the tips of those kisses are either broken or missing entirely. And I asked myself this question. Wouldn't it be great if you lived in a world where your greatest Christmas crisis was the fact that your chocolate was cracked? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't that be good? Like, can you imagine that world? I can't. Because for most of us, our Christmas crises, our frustrations, our worries, our griefs run way deeper than candy problems. Some of us go into this Christmas with a sense of heightened anticipation, but it's also kind of married with the reality that we've got deep financial strain. We're worried about our resources. And others of us are excited about being together as a family, but sometimes those encounters remind us that there are there's some deep wounds that have never been fully healed. And, and we're, we're hoping against hope that maybe there can be restoration, maybe there can be reconciliation, but there haven't been any indicators that it's trending that way just yet. Some of us are desperately searching for hope amidst just waves of grief, because this Christmas there's going to be a, a chair that's empty that wasn't last year. And there are others of us as we kind of battle our own personal struggles or temptations, we, we need to find hope that, that we, we can win against this ever-present threat of, 
of, of relapse or fall down or setback. And maybe even, even as you appreciate the nostalgia of Christmas, you're asking very real questions about hope. Is there hope for me in this situation this year? And if so, where's that going to come from? And when can I expect it? And who's going to bring it? And maybe your prayer in some corners of your life this Christmas is, is like mine. It's one that says, oh, come, Emmanuel. Oh, come. Oh, come. Please come.
With nine feet of blood vessels per square inch, 29 major and minor bones, 48 nerves, 123 ligaments, your hand is truly unique. In fact, the hand is the most complex part of the human. And all tattooed on every one of our hands, even mine, even yours, not by choice, but by birth, written on the knuckles, tattooed in the sense, not always seen by our eyes, are two words, hope and fear. Two contrasting realities, two battling realities, two choices that we all have to make. Think of the wise men that came from afar. What choice did they have? I mean, once you see that star in the stars, we all have to choose to run in fear or let hope loose. Now, when Jesus was later a man, he met a man with a crippled hand in Mark 3 or Luke 6 and tattooed on his knuckles in a sense. He said, stretch out your hand. And the man had to decide which hand would he hide, the one with fear or the one that needed help. I say, so stretch out your hand. And what you will find is this, our hands in the resting position, when the blood vessels, bones, sinews, all in submission, is in the perfect position to do one of two things, to grab hold or to let go. So what will you decide? What will you choose? What will this next year be marked with? Holding on or letting go? Fear? or embracing hope. You need to know that hope always lets go. And hope always grabs hold. But fear, what fear does, fear makes fists. Fear hides crippled hands. So let go, grab hold. Even like Mary. I mean, think about Mary, what did she know? Do you think she had to let go? Do you think that what she held in her hands? Do you think she knew that Mary, your baby, God's son given to man, Mary, did you know? Mary, do you think that you even held hope? If so, my question is, did Mary have to let go?
your baby boy would save our sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? The child that you deliver will soon
a bleak midwinter long ago Angels and archangels may have gathered Four compartments, many valves, it's constantly emotion. It's a symbol of emotion. It's both keeping you alive, but it's way more than just muscle to be weighed. Think of when your children roam. Your heart now has legs. It leaves your chest and walks about. What about Joseph? Watching that baby grow, when he walked, and stumbled at an early age to catch his legs, only then later to even walk on water. But he captured their hearts, and that's what matters. Uh, your heart. Think of it. When your destiny is found, the one you're searching for, the heart is not your own. It's held ransom, but by trust. I mean, your heart, it's always able to be broken, yet remain beating. It's a paradox. So each heart, no matter which one, can get sick. And that's why Solomon, a wise king and a fog of wisdom, writes, hope deferred makes your heart sick. Proverbs 18, 21 to be exact. 
Now, you feel it way before you even hear it. That truth cannot be evaded, for our deferred realities have made our hearts sick. The things that you hope for that are out of your reach are like poison in your veins, which flows directly to your heart. The reality is this. We will all deal with new realities along the way in this thing we call reality. It's the new normal that every single one of us have a hard time embracing. And in that place, that disappointment leads us from what was, the old and the new, from what could be, well, in a sense, both now are deferred. And I'm convinced having a new reality and a broken heart is far more difficult than having just a new reality, especially without hope. Da Vinci said it best, hope is powerful because tears come from the heart, not the, not, not the brain. So frankly, in my experience, what defers our hope is our inability to brace into the new reality while we break free from the old one. The shock of it, yeah. The weight of it, for sure. The grief of it, with no doubt. So in some ways, in this place, we become sick. So this Christmas, let me give you a simple gift. Grief is not the roadblock where you are to go. In many ways, it's the roadway to it. And there, the new normal takes hold. And that's why Solomon finished that proverb, a longing fulfilled as the tree of life. And there, hope, hope never lets you go. So defer your heart no longer, become stronger, embrace what holds you, and hope will find you there. Curled up in a ball, defenseless and alone, full of fear, hope will come there to you like a gift, a grieving gift for your hearts long for just a little bit of hope. Your world, this world is waiting for a miracle, so call out in your sea of hurt, because hope goes there first. In fact, every single one of you in this place, get your cell phone out. I said it right. Get the smartphone out that's arguably not making any of us any smarter. Get that cell phone out and turn that light on. Turn it on and raise it up. Turn that light on, don't doubt. I'll wait but one by one and the lights will come on. Now let this be a sign, a symbol this Christmas season. I want you to hear the angels singing. Emmanuel, come to the broken hearts. Come to the hearts that are broken and grieving. And that's his destination this Christmas season where these lights are shining. Have hope. Light for you in this moment doesn't come from your phone. It comes from the inside out, from the broken places first, your heart. This deferred reality no longer. Embrace it. Hope will find you there. Keep that light on, shine it bright, and sing with us.
waits for miracle The heart longs for a little bit of hope Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel A child prays for peace on earth And she's calling out from a sea of earth Oh, come
Amen. Wow. Good morning, everyone. Welcome uh, to Central. Uh, could, you, could you do something for me? Could you just offer a clap offering to God on behalf of just the effort that all of these folks on the stage just put in this weekend? Amen. I feel that doing that kind of enables us to breathe, right? I don't know about you, but I've been uh, treated to a sensory overload over this weekend, and sometimes it's just really good, really good to breathe. So that's what I want to encourage you to do in this moment, it's just to breathe. Thank you so much for, for being here uh, today. If you're a guest of ours, my name is Craig, and I get the privilege to, to be on staff here at Central. And if this is your first time at Central, or if this is your first time in church for a long time, we are so glad that you are here joining us for this uh, Christmas experience. Now, we'd love the opportunity to get to know you, and if you'd like to get to know us, then outside the doors on the right, there's the care room, and, and there will be a team of people just uh, staffing that room that would just love to answer any questions you have about Central or about even the, the light of the world that we so passionately and boldly proclaim uh, to you today. So please, don't leave here today without getting to know us, and we'd love the opportunity to get to know you. At the same time, this is for uh, those of us who call Central Home. This is uh, a regular Sunday service for us. And, and we get the privilege each and every week of, of just giving back to God the, the first fruits of what He's given to us. And today is no exception to that. And so in a moment, the ashes are going to come down. And they are going to give us the privilege and the joy of just giving. And we give because we realize the true gift to us has come into the world. But that this is not where the story ends. The story doesn't even end at Easter with his death on the cross. It doesn't even end at the resurrection. And uh, in truth, the story never ends because it's alive each and every day, and we give just as a response to that. And so as the ashes come down, let's prepare to give his tithes and our offerings. If you're a guest of ours, no need to feel any obligation to give it all. This service is our gift to you, and it's a gift of life, and it's a gift of hope. So ushers, come down and give us the privilege of just giving his tithes and our offerings. Thank you. The precious lamb of God, 
that you can do better than that I know you can let me hear you say amen God is speaking to you amen inside your head he's been whispering amen amen and amen in that place no other location holds all the senses it's really a one-stop shop for them all hearing touch and taste and sight and all those senses in that place, miraculous in their own right, but arguably, in my opinion, none more than, than sight. These rods, and cones, and vituous humor, photoreceptor cells encased really in a movie screen in the back of your head, all capturing your life, working together under constant perfect pressure. That's how you see. Now, could you imagine that Christmas season that first delight when you saw that baby born darkness forlorn the angel was announcing this king is born what a sight to see with your own eyes how could that even be well scientifically your eyes see because of light so what you look upon matters Jesus said in the book of Matthew, the eye is like a lamp to your body, and if your whole eye is filled with light, then your whole body will be filled with light. So how we see matters, what we see matters. So what if I could take you into the future? What if you could look at a light like that? What if literally we got in a DeLorean and went 88 miles per hour into the future and you saw your Christmas season past this season because some of it might be tough for whatever reason? What if you could look at light like that past this moment into the next? Well, I'll quote you. Imagine if you will, you speaking to yourself 10 years from now, looking at the light past this moment. So you say this to yourself, and I quote, I wanted to tell you a few things that you just need to know. 10 years from now, past this Christmas, that you will know then, but now you don't know. And in that place, you will truly see. Life is like that. It's easy once you understand. And to understand is just to simply see. While we remember that moment, you watched, you thought, you cried from that out of control life, from the tragedy, from things that you chose tragically, from that moment where you felt hopeless and at some point you felt like hope left you. But you need to know this, your life turns out so great. You become way more than you thought in those hopeless moments. You have seen that light. 
the things with your parents, that big breakup. I wish you could see what I see. At school when those kids made you feel worthless, when your spouse left, when you lost your job, when your kids grew out of you, when you went from plan A to B and then to C. I wish I could just blink you all there because you have your own story of hope. You can see 2020 in that place. You're past this fog of pain. So open your eyes in this moment to truly get to the next. And remember this, with eyes of hope, you, you truly see. And Christmas came to give you light so you could see hope again. I'll say it to you this, the rear view mirror in your car, it's a lot smaller than the windshield. Keep looking forward. He's got a windshield for you. The rear of your mirror is the past. The future's bright. is hope because of the hope when all else is lost hope is found hope makes good from the dirt peace from the hurt hope is there when the path disappears when you're drowning in your tears hope is working even when you don't see it feel it or know it hope hope can make reasons for anything because hope is unfolding hope is unending hope is true hope is chasing hope is new. Hope has conquered the death that seeks to destroy you. Hope has conquered that very disease that seeks to scar you. Hope whispers peace when everyone else is talking. And let me be clear, Jesus is this hope.
He came here as an innocent baby to free the guilty. He came so humbly to give you the riches and him the glory. And he was that gift that stepped out of heaven. And he was born for hope. Jesus knows you. Beautifully unfinished, incomplete, in process, temporarily diminished. But Jesus is this hope. So let that smash and bash and ring through the entire earth that Jesus is this hope. Let the reality of hope this Christmas season become your reality that Jesus is this hope. This Christmas is many things, but for you and 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 for me and for the we, it's a celebration of hope. Be born into that reality. That is the gift of Christmas for you. For the world, yes, but for your world. And so may your head and your heart and your hands all declare that Jesus is the hope. This is the art, and you just happen to be within it. How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb So in desperation I turned to heaven And I spoke your name into the night And then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. It's Jesus Christ, my living hope. Amen. Who could What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. I love this, it says, The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. Yeah. The King of kings calls me his own beautiful savior i'm yours forever my 
Amen. Jesus Christ is our living hope. Please do take your seats just for a moment. As we were singing that song, a, a, a thought struck me. As you've been going through this, this presentation this morning, if your deepest wound is either through unrealized dreams or even through unwanted disappointment, then this challenge to hope again is a daunting concept, isn't it? So how do we do that? How do we do that when we may have hoped and it seems to have been beyond hope? How do we do that when we've hoped only to have been hurt? One of the hardest things to do when we've been disappointed or hurt is to hope. So how do we do it? Many years ago, the apostle Peter was writing to a group of believers that he knew that had been disappointed and hurt. They had hopes that had been dashed. They had expectations that had been disappointed. And so Peter writes them a letter. It's his first letter, the first letter that Peter wrote. And, and in verse 3, he says something that I believe to be very important on a morning like this. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, now here we go, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Did you hear that? If your deepest wounds is through unrealized dreams, or even unwanted disappointment. How do we get the hope? Listen to what Peter says. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Peter says to these people that have hoped and been disappointed, hurt, and are despondent, that the solution to their despondency is not to hope again, but did you get it? To be born again to a living hope. Erica's right. Hope is born because it's born again. That term born again is used for the first time in the New Testament in John chapter 3. It's Jesus speaking to a religious guy who'd faced disappointment after disappointment. And Jesus looks at him and says, Nicodemus, the hope you need is actually found in being born again. And Nicodemus doesn't get the idea. And, and he looks at Jesus and he says, born again? What do you mean born again? He says, what do you expect me to do? To kind of crawl up into a ball and climb inside the, 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 the belly of my mother? Jesus, how does this work? And Jesus explains it. What we often miss in the English language is that phrase born again literally means born from above. So in, in the first letter of Peter, Peter is saying, listen, God has caused us to be born from above into a living hope. And then he tells us how. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I wonder... 
How many of you have been listening to the program this evening and, and this morning and listening to Eric's words and been thinking to yourself, yeah, I want to get beyond my pain. I want to get beyond my disappointment. The Bible says how we can do that. It's to be born again, which basically means to be born spiritually. You see, we've all been born physically. That's why we're here. I hope we all know that much. But the Bible says the way to this living hope is to be born again spiritually. And if you're here this morning and, and you've never taken that step to say, God, I want to be born again. I want to be born again into this living hope. Then I'd encourage you not to leave this place without doing that. And so what I'm going to ask you to do right now is simply to bow our heads and to pray. And, and for those of you that want to be born again into that living hope, because you have tried hoping again and again and again, and it doesn't seem to get you anywhere, then we want to offer you the greatest gift that has ever been given, and that is the gift of a living hope, because hope truly is born. Hope was born. Hope is Jesus. And the greatest gift that we can receive this year is the gift of that living hope of Jesus Christ. Bow your heads with me. Let's go to God in prayer. Oh God, we thank you for the wonderful, incredible gift of hope through Jesus. And Father, for those that are here today who, whose deepest wounds have been caused by unrealized dreams, unwanted disappointment, may you cause through your Holy Spirit them in their hearts to cry out for a living hope. And Father, may you hear the cry of their hearts and breathe new life into them through your Holy Spirit. And if you want that living hope today, then what I would ask you to do is I'm going to pray a simple prayer and just to yourself. If that's what you want, just repeat this prayer after me. Father, I thank you for the gift of Jesus, for the gift of life, for the gift of hope. And where there is despondency, where there is pain, may you bring that living hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer. We would love to connect with you. And so as you leave this place, just through the main doors and on the left, there's a table. We have a gift for you. In fact, we have a couple of gifts for you. And uh, we would just like to welcome you into this living hope. Now, what we also know is this. If Christmas gives us a reason for joy, then the new year gives us both the challenge and the opportunity to start again. And so what we want to do is we want to invite as many of you as possible to join us for a series that we are calling Hopeful. This series begins on January the 13th. Guys, try and find an emoji for hope. That's as good as we could get. Hopeful. Begins January the 13th, 9 and 1045. If you've not got a home church, we would love to welcome you. And we're going to talk through what is it like to walk in this living hope relationally, in terms of our finances, in terms of our own personal growth, in terms of loss. We recognize that 
Some of you are spending the first Christmas without a loved one. We want to address these issues because we believe that Jesus is alive. That brings joy and a living hope that can, should, and must be outworked through our lives. And so we hope that you would be able to join us January the 13th, 9 and 10.45. It's a four-week series. Of course, you're warmly invited to Central. Before then, nearly all of these people will also be here, and it would be our privilege to welcome you. So thank you so much for being here. We've got one song of joy uh, to end with, and so I'm going to ask the team to come back. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas, and uh, team, take it away. Thanks. Joyful, joyful God of glory, Lord of love, hearts unfold like flowers before Thee, hail Thee as the sun above. with this one. Can you stand and clap with us as we sing?